God with us. What a thought. God, the architect, ruler, and sustainer of all creation, choosing to become one of us, choosing to come to earth with the heartbeat of a baby.
Christ the King chose to leave his throne to come to earth, choosing to become one of us. The story of Christmas is a story about choices. We're going to discover that every person who took part in the wondrous event we call Christmas was faced with choices, beginning with God. For God himself chose the perfect moment in time and the precise location for the birth of the Savior. He chose a common teenage girl to be the mother of his son. I wonder how many of us have ever pondered or considered the dilemma of this young Jewish girl named Mary, the one God had chosen. She was engaged and waiting for her wedding day when an angel appeared to announce that God had selected her to bear his son. Although God had chosen Mary, would she submit to the will of her Lord? You see, God would never force Mary to do something contrary to her will. For God gave mankind, from the beginning of time, the freedom of choice. Would she choose to obey God, or would she run away? Would she tell Joseph, her fiancé, of her glorious blessing, or would she hide in shame? What would her parents think? What would her friends think? Surely she realized the consequences, yet she still chose to surrender to the Lord's marvelous plan for her life. Be it unto me according to your word was Mary's choice. does perfectly and completely. Just as God chose Mary, he had also chosen Joseph to be the earthly father to his heavenly son. Now Joseph was a just man, and after hearing of a coming child, not wanting to disgrace Mary, he decided to secretly break the engagement. But God intervened and sent the angel of the Lord to Joseph in a dream and told him the child that Mary was carrying was conceived in her by the Holy Spirit. Joseph pushed back his fear and chose to obey the voice of God and took Mary as his wife. My trembling heart has many questions Lord, I don't really understand But you assure me of your presence And I surrender to your plan I will be your servant Body, mind, and soul Yielded to you, Father I give I 
brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And suddenly a multitude of the heavenly host began praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. time in our program, we have the opportunity to give back to God our tithes and offerings. Before we ask the ushers to come forward, let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for these 
Wonderful praises we can bring to you and our Father because you have come to earth and given us a model on which to live. You've given us salvation through your shed blood. We thank you, Father, for your goodness to us, for your blessings, the blessings you pour out each day upon us. And we pray, Lord, as we give our tithes and offerings that you will use them and multiply them to your honor and glory. And we ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, if you would. Shepherds, simple men with humble hearts, were filled with fear when the angel of the Lord and the glory of his presence lit up the sky that first Christmas. The angel revealed to them that a Savior had been born. Leaving their flock and their responsibility, the shepherds hurriedly traveled to Bethlehem to find this baby who was Christ the Lord. And there he was, lying in a manger just as the angel had said. Scriptures reveal that they could not contain what they saw and what they heard. It's amazing that common keepers of sheep were the first to be invited to see the Savior of the world. Think what the shepherds would have missed had they chosen to disregard God's invitation. We're not certain of the exact time, but we do know that men of great wisdom from a distant country saw a brilliant star. Leaving houses and lands, they chose to follow that majestic star wherever it would lead, no matter how long the journey might be. What would cause these men to follow a star? Why would they spend a portion of their life and their money looking for a king of another kingdom? These honorable men searched diligently, bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were determined to find the young king and to worship him.
the wise men brought them first to the city of Jerusalem. It's not surprising that these learned men went through official channels in their search for the Messiah. They questioned Herod, the governor of Judea, as to the whereabouts of this new king. He had to consult the chief priests and scribes to learn that the ancient scrolls had prophesied Bethlehem, a small village just five miles from Jerusalem, as the place where Christ, the Messiah, would be born. I can imagine as these men entered this town of prophecy, they probably stopped someone and inquired where the king might be found. Yet those who lived within the very town did not know the Son of God was in their midst.
came gently that night in Bethlehem changed the world forever. This one who was prophesied by the ancients, proclaimed by the angels, praised by the shepherds, and pursued by wise men. He is Savior, Redeemer, Lord, and King. And the angel told Mary to call his name Jesus. shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He shall be great, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. will celebrate this holiday season in some form or fashion. Many of them not really understanding why this time of year is so alive, so anticipated, why it touches our emotions. What is Christmas? What is at the heart of it all? Let me ask you, what is the most memorable Christmas that comes to your mind? As a child, what was the best gift you ever received? Was it a certain baby doll or maybe a brand new bicycle or a wagon, some toy or favorite game? For you adults, was it something sparkly that went on your finger? Maybe it was in the driveway with a big bow on the windshield. There are some of you older folks that remember when families weren't as financially blessed as they are today. It was a treat to get an apple, a couple of oranges, maybe some walnuts or pecans. Others of you would say the best Christmas you can ever remember was when the family was all together, in the same house, under the same roof, and life was simple. How easy is it that we live to miss the heart of Christmas? All the collected memories, the celebrating, the feasting, 
Our most precious and favorite gifts cannot compare to the gift that laid in a manger on Christmas morn. You see, the heart of Christmas is Jesus, God's gift, the gift that is beyond what you and I could ever comprehend, the greatest gift of all time, for it is the gift of eternal life. The heart of Christmas is the heart of God himself, God reaching down from heaven to love, to redeem mankind, For God so loved the world that he gave his Son that we would not perish but have everlasting life. greatest gift can be yours and it can be mine. Each of us must choose what we will do with the gift God extends to us. Some say life is just a series of decisions. We make choices. We live and learn. Now I'm standing at a crossroads, and I must choose which way to turn. Down the one road is all the world can offer, all its power. There is mercy in his eyes, and there is power in his Bethlehem, a 
want to ask the question to you. Is he your Savior? Is Jesus your Savior? Have you invited Jesus into your heart to be your Savior? His name shall be called Jesus. That's a precious name. And as Jesus, we celebrate today. During this time of the year, we've lit Advent candles. And the first candle was that of joy. There's great joy this time of the year for a Christian because it was on the cross of Jesus Christ. We can't separate the manger from the cross. It was on the cross of Jesus Christ that he died for our sins. And we can have forgiveness. We can have forgiveness of our sins. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, 9, it says this, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have joy because our sin can be forgiven. The second candle we lit was the candle of hope. And we have hope, we have assurance that because our sin was forgiven, when Jesus died for our sin on the cross, we can have a place in heaven forever and ever with him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. He doesn't say, I am a way, or I am a truth, or I am a life. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one can come to the Father except through Jesus. Jesus, what a precious name that is. Not only do we have forgiveness of sin and do we have hope, but we also, we know that also it's a demonstration of God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life because God loves us. It tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 that God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, yes, we are sinners. Oh, yes, we've missed the mark. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, yes, we need a Savior. We can't save ourselves. We can't earn our way to heaven. We can't buy our way to heaven. We're lost. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, and you and I are lost without Jesus. And Jesus not only forgives us of our sin and gives us a home in heaven, but loves us, But Jesus also gives us peace. Gives us peace. You know, we read in the book of Romans again, that therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. You know, knowing that our sin has been forgiven and, and knowing that we have a home in heaven and knowing that God loves us, we have peace. We have rest in our soul. You know, that's a wonderful thing. And that's truly what Christmas means. It's because our sin is forgiven and it's because that Jesus gives us a home in heaven and because he loves us, he gives us peace that passes all understanding. And all of that is true, but it may not be true with you if you have not received Christ to be your Savior. You know, on our bulletin, we said, a Savior is born. Again, I'll ask the question, is it your Savior? Is Jesus your Savior? Well, this morning, you could invite Christ into your heart to be your Savior. And here's how you receive Christ. You receive Christ in your heart by admitting, admitting that you're a sinner. That's not too hard to do. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves a what? A wretch like this rascal right here, a wretch like me. 
I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, and we choose sin rather than a Savior. And we have to admit that, but we have to be willing to turn, repent, and turn from our sin. We're on a broad road, but there's a narrow road. There's a road that Jesus leads us to, where Jesus stands crucified for us. We need to choose that road and follow that road. And how do we do it? We do it by believing. But as many as received him, we need to believe him. We need to believe that, yes, Jesus died for my sin. Yes, Jesus rose again that I might have a new life. He rose again that I might have an abundant life, an eternal life. I have to believe that. And then I need to receive. I need to receive. And and how do I do it? I invite Jesus into my life through prayer. The only prayer that God wants to hear from people in the world today is a prayer inviting Jesus into our life to be our Savior. And if you've never prayed that prayer, you've never really said, yes, I want Jesus, I invite you to pray that prayer this morning. A simple prayer. It's a very simple prayer. It's so simple that a child can do it. When I was pastoring this church, I had a man who was over 80 years old. He did it. Whether you have a PhD or whether you're just a child, you simply need to admit that you're a sinner. You simply need to admit you need a Savior. Believe that Jesus died for you on the cross, and then you need to invite him in. You know, Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He doesn't force his way into our life. He waits for an invitation. And if you've never invited him into your heart, never invited him into your life, I invite you to do that right now this morning. I'm going to read that particular prayer. And as I read it, I'll read it slowly. And you're going to just pray. If you've never invited Jesus into your heart, you're going to pray it. Put it in your own words. But just be sure that's in the prayer. I know I remember the day I prayed that prayer. I was 16 years old. And it was way back in 1957 the 22nd of March, I sat in a Baptist church and I invited Jesus into my heart. I invited Jesus into my life. He changed my life. And here I am in Westerlo. I never even heard of Westerlo. I grew up in Pennsylvania. But you begin to follow Jesus and you begin to commit your life to him, it'll never, you'll never know where it's going to lead you. God has a plan for you. God has something for you to do. But it all begins with a simple prayer, inviting Jesus to come into your life. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, don't look around. And if you've never invited Jesus into your heart, I ask you to just pray this prayer. And if you're not sure you prayed that prayer before, you're not sure you've ever invited Jesus into your life, then I want you to pray quietly in your heart not allowed. Just pray to God and pray to him. And just pray this prayer as simple as it is, Lord Jesus, quietly in your heart, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask you for forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and you rose again from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. In your name, amen. This morning, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to remember this day. It's December 20th, 2015. Write that in your Bible. Never doubt that you asked Christ into your life. Never doubt that he didn't hear your prayer. He's been waiting for that prayer. You prayed it this morning. You invited Jesus into your life. Never question that. You were here. You know you did it, and you did it in the presence of God. And I'm at the end of the service. 
everybody's going to be dismissed, going to Sunday school and everything. I'm going to remain down here. And if you invited Jesus into your heart this morning, I just invite you to come down and just say, you know, this morning, Pastor Don, I invited Jesus into my heart. And I want to have a quick word of prayer with you and welcome you into the family. I love the family of God, don't you? And I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. And now we all are part of the family of God if we've invited Jesus into our heart. Make that choice. That choice is Jesus. Father, I just ask your blessing now upon those who have prayed that simple prayer. Lord, I just ask that you will give them the assurance that their sin has been forgiven, that you love them, you've prepared a place in heaven for them. And Father, I just pray that they might experience the peace that comes, knowing that we're right with you and we belong to you. We've been designed for this moment And this morning we've asked Jesus to become our Savior. Lord, may your blessing be on us. And as the choir has their final numbers to us, may we in our hearts just give our lives to you. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Followed Jesus years ago and have worshiped this King for many Christmases. Christmas calls us to remember that a Savior came to give us life. It calls us to remember Mary's complete surrender, Joseph's willing heart, the shepherd's blind faith, the wise men's determination to worship. Christmas calls to the followers of Jesus to remember our commitment and our need to give the Lord first place in our lives. And yes, Christmas calls us to remember the sweet and precious memories surrounding this time of year. Family around the tree Children laughing merrily Unwrapping shiny toys And making so much noise Waited patiently all year, and now the day is finally here. But in the middle of it all, we stop as we recall that though we love this special feeling, this day gives us.
Jesus. God's greatest gift. We are here to celebrate his birth, for we have made our choice to worship, honor, and serve the Savior who is Christ the Lord.
Oh